Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. I want you to quickly turn to uh, the book of John, quickly turn to the book of John, verse 13. I just want you to get this uh, in your spirit. I want to thank uh, Pastor Bob uh, for giving me an opportunity to, to be here. Bob, I, Pastor Bob, love you very much. And the more opportunities you give uh, me, the more I can develop my rhythm. And so I want to thank you for giving me the rhythm uh, in the realm of the spirit. And so I also want to acknowledge my dear wife. She, uh, was, she's here this morning. She was supposed to be up here this morning, uh, but she wasn't feeling uh, too great. And so um, we'll make it do what it do. Amen. And so I want to acknowledge my dear lovely. I turned 21 last week. Uh, 21 years of marriage. God bless you. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 21. I, getting older now. Getting wiser. Getting wiser now. Here, now let me drop a nugget for all my married folks. Let me drop a nugget for you. You ready? Every victory in marriage is a victory for your children. I want to say that to you again. Every victory in your marriage is a victory for your children because they are watching how you do it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm already in the spirit. And so we already share in gems. And so I, I want you to understand this as well is that family was before the church. He started... He started family before the church. And so that's why, and so I want you to understand that family was God's idea. God's idea. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. I want you to know, sir, that family was not man's idea. Family was God's idea. Marriage wasn't man's idea. Marriage was God's idea. The man, the woman, marriage, family, all of that developed from God. That's why we gotta be able to talk about it. We gotta be able to teach about it. And so God created family before he created the church. You understand? So you, so we have to place a priority on family. And so you lose your house, there goes society. And so much of what we see happening, the downfall in society is hitting four touch points. Number one, the man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number two, the woman. Number three, marriage. Number four, the family. So the enemy of your soul, because he hates God and he hates anybody who represents him, he will always attack those four areas. And he will send confusion as to what those four areas mean. And that's why the scripture says in Jeremiah 29, 
He says, I'm going to teach you, you. Well, he said, you're going to be in this place for 70 years. And he said, while you're here, I need you to build. First thing he told him with the build, build your house. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So we have to learn the concepts, the principles as to how to build a house. And I'm talking about the house that who built? The house that God built. Not the house that man's going to build, but the house that God is building. And we all represent houses. Here's what I'm saying to you. So when God gets a hold of your heart, ah, when God gets a hold of your heart and you get a hold of his heart, he now has access to your house. Ah, you want me to open it up a little bit? Keep talking to me. I'm going to open it up. So when God gets a hold of you, and you get a hold of him, he now has access to your house. That is why when he sent Jesus, Shalena, he said, this is my beloved son, and I'm going to put my son, I'm preparing a body for my son to live in the earth, right? Are you welcome with me? And so when I sent my son to the earth, I now had access to the whole world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Y'all got to hear this. For God so loved the who? The world. That he gave his only begotten son. So he gave his son and established him in the world so he would have access to the whole world. So when you get saved, oh, talk to me, that salvation is never just for you. I remember when my, uh, my wife had a serious encounter with God. Somebody put in your notes, serious encounter. I'm talking about an encounter that'll knock you off your feet. I'm talking about an encounter that'll separate you from your friends. I'm talking about a, an encounter that'll have you stop having sex, stop smoking blunts, stop doing this, stop doing that. And when you have a serious encounter with God, it'll shift your house. First of all, they'll start saying, what's wrong with you? And then they'll peep to see how long you going to stay with that God. And so when my wife got saved, it shifted the whole house. And all of a sudden, she became the spiritual leader. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. Of the house. So where she went, they went. Kind of like, like in the scripture that says, your God shall be my God. That's how serious it is when you make a decision for God. When you make a decision for God, on the heels of that decision is your household. On the heels of that decision is your son, is your cousin, is Rashida, is Steve, is Rafiq. All of them are looking at what you were going to do. See, I got to give it to you plain because you face too much stuff for you not to hear the word of God in a simple, plain way so that you can do something. Somebody talk to me. Hallelujah. I'm fired up this morning. And so hear this. Hear this. When God 
does something in you. Everybody around you is looking at what God is doing in you. And sometimes, hear me when I say this, sometimes they'll never come unless they see the miracle that manifests in your life. That will make that will make Rashida come because Rashida saw what happened in you. Am I talking to somebody? That's how serious it is. I heard my friend say, I got married because you got married. I believe that I could be married because I saw what you did. I believe that I could take a trip because I saw you tripping. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'm talking about people in the hood, Pastor Bob. People that ain't never been nowhere. People that lost their sister and lost their mother and lost their cousin. But when they saw you, you reconciled. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I had, a, I had a young man that was a student before, and he said to me, my father was on drugs, my mother was on drugs, I lost my sister, I lost my brother, and he said, that's not fair. That's not fair that I had to grow up like that. But I said, you met me. Now I can't, now I can't help you understand how all of that happened, but if you keep on walking with me, he'll reconcile. In other words, he'll use me to make up the difference in your life. What am I saying to you? God will, this is how significant your life is. You're not trash. You're not worthless. You are valuable. God says, aren't you more valuable than the sparrow? Aren't you more valuable than this? He's always trying to communicate to you your worth. Because he don't need you talking in crisis saying, I ain't worthy. You are worthy. That's why he died for you. You might be crumbled up, but you still got your value. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're worth more than mega millions. Am I, no, no, wait, wait, wait. You, are, you, are, you know what? Let me say this to you. You a winning ticket. You a winning ticket. Somebody Say to somebody, I'm a winning ticket. <laughs> now the challenge is, now the challenge is, some of you never claimed your winnings. Uh, am I talking to somebody? Ah, uh, Selah. You were winning ticket. You were winning ticket. Somebody, I hear you. May said, I man, you put it in the chat. You were winning ticket. Gerald, you were winning ticket. What am I saying to you? That's right. Come on, we don't live life in a vacuum. We don't live life in a vacuum. We don't have to, listen, listen to me. You are worth something. Much of the killing out here today is because people don't think they're worth anything. So if I don't think I'm worth anything, definitely you ain't worth nothing. So we have to communicate to people that you're worth something. And that's why we need constant teaching, constant teaching that not only, watch this, let me, let me give you the revelation here. The more you discover who God is, the more you discover who God is, the more it should open up for you who you are. You can't just study God and not discover who you are. So the more I lean into him, God, 
the more he leans into me. The more I lean, the more I worship him, the more he communicates to me my worship. And so this is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is, see, watch this. The Holy Spirit gives you what your mother could never give you. Oh, God. Not saying they didn't do good things, but they're not God. The Holy Spirit can make up the difference for what your father did not do. Dad, why didn't you take me out? Why didn't you sit with me? What, watch this, watch this. What was wrong with me that you didn't engage me? Watch this. But the Holy Spirit will reconcile here if you wait for him. The Holy Spirit will reconcile what you didn't have. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This is why, this is why, this is why I need you to lock in like this. The lock in is this. That no matter what happens, I'm going to go down with him. I'm going to go up with God and I'm going to go down with him. I'm going to trust him. In the You ever ride out with somebody and you get in the car, you say, I'm riding out with you. Y'all ain't never been a rider. Come on, Janine, Janine, my rider. She said, where we going, baby? She said, I'm riding with you, boo. Wherever we go, I'm riding with you. Long as, <laughs> long as you do right, I'm riding out with you. You hear me? And so, and so this is how you have to be with God. I'm riding with you. And, and watch this. The journey is the reward. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So buckle up. Sit down. Calm down. And let's go for a ride. So what does the Holy Spirit say? The Holy Spirit says this. In John 16, verse 13. Jesus says, however, when he... Ooh, the spirit of truth, right? Underline that. When he, the spirit of truth, is come, what will he do? He will guide you. I like to use that word, lead you. He will lead you into all truth. Circle that word truth. Here's one of our challenges, Mom Lola. Marcellus, here it is right here. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you into the truth about yourself. The devil is the father of what? Of lies. That means the word father means source. So that means he's the source of lies. So he's going to constantly communicate to you what, that you are not enough that you are inadequate and he's going to remind you of every mistake that you've made and he says see this is why you're not worthy but you got to know the truth the truth says the blood has wiped away all of my sin the truth says I'm free are you hearing what I'm saying so you have to know the truth because you cannot you do you realize that freedom is more difficult than slavery 
is easier to be a slave than to be free. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Come on, raise your hand. People that still slaves, they don't know. They, they like, what, watch when they, when, they, when it was time to go to the promised land and they got into the middle, Pastor Bob. When they were on their way to freedom, Pastor Bob, they said, why don't we go back? Because at least, when I was back there, at least I had a boyfriend. At least I had somebody on the side. At least I had a boo. At least I had, at least I had something in my side drawer I could get. At least I had a fix. At least I could depend on people. He said, at least I had all of this. But when you are on your way to freedom, you ain't got to at least no more. <laughs> you out there, you out there all by yourself. Now, God is with you, but you are out there now. So you got you to gotta pay the cost. They already heard it. I like this. You got to pay a cost to be free. So you can say, I's free now. And don't think that that, term, don't think that, that talking is wrong, because Henry Louis Gates this week just released the Oxford African-American Vernacular Dictionary that, 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 that crystallizes how black folks talk. So eyes free now. New York Times. Hallelujah. So he says, oh, I need the handheld mic. Oh, they're all going to make me work today. Jeez. Okay. All right. Can you hear me better now? I like being free, but she just, okay. All right. So he says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself. Watch this. But whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, watch this, and this Holy Spirit will show you, Rhonda, things to come. My God. Now, let me interpret that for you, Gerald. Elder Hiromi, the Holy Spirit will show you your future. Now, I've taught for a number of weeks that you are already carrying your future because God has already packaged you for success. But the Holy Spirit shall reveal who you really are. He shall reveal to you this is what you need to do. This is who you need to marry. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to plan this out. This is where you need to go to school. The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. I want you to write that in your notes. It's very important. In other words, the Holy Spirit, Val, has all of the information concerning your future. Oh, my God. 
I'll say it to you again. I feel such an anointing here today. The Holy Spirit has all of the information concerning your future. His future for you is full of peace. His future for you is full of, watch me here, is full of fulfillment. His future for you is crowned with glory. His future for you is good. And so you need to lean in to the Holy Spirit and build a relationship with him so that he can download to you the things concerning your future. Now write this in your notes. The Holy Spirit communicates to us in installments. Ah, The Holy Spirit releases your future in, it's an installment plan. So he says, Shalena, in these next six months, I'm going to release this concerning your future. That's why the Holy Spirit will say things, tighten up your family. Tighten up your relationship with your wife because I'm going to release. Tighten up your relationship with your kids because I'm going to uh, fix Fix some things concerning your, your finances. I'm not saying that, but God, this is, no, no, fix, start fixing some things because I'm going to drop some things on you. So the Holy Spirit, as part of his installment plan, will also tell you to start preparing. Now, you don't know if around the corner is rain, sleet, or snow. Or you don't know if he's going to bring you to the mountaintop. But what he is saying is start preparing. Here's how this happens. The Holy Spirit will use people to draw you closer to the fulfillment of God's plan. In other words... The Holy Spirit will identify people that are part of God's installment plan for your life. Janine is a key part of God's installment plan for my life, vice versa. Pastor Bob is a key part of God's installment plan for my life. Why? Because when we talked to him, he said, Hey, Pastor O, I want you and Sister Janine to do this. That release of that installment released another dimension of my gift. So your relationship, am I talking to anybody? Watch this. Your relationships release another dimension of God's plan for your life. That's why you got to lean into your relationships. Now watch this. God puts what you need in somebody else because he's going to force you to relate. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I'm going to go over here. I know what I'm talking about. God puts what you need in somebody else because he's going to force you to relate. 
In, in other words, he's going to force you to come into intimate relationships because there are certain dimensions of God's plan for your life that can never manifest because you ain't in a relationship. Now, you immature if you think the only relationship you need is with your boo. It's just me and my, no, 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 no. I, everything would be well if I just had a boo. No, 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 no. What God is saying is this. You need to be in relationship with people who can challenge you. Relationship with people that will say, at this level, that's unacceptable. You, are you hearing what I'm saying? At, where you were, that was okay. But at this level, that's unacceptable. To move on this dimension, we do this. Move from middle school football to high school football. They had a coach. He said, you need to be here 5.30 a.m. But the real rule was, if you show up at 5.30 a.m., you're late. So I want you on the field at 5 a.m. And he was at the gate waiting for you. Because on this level, <laughs> in this kingdom, this is what we do. And so Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, here's how this works. Am I making sense to anyone? My God. Did you get that? Give God a round of applause. Come on. Sometimes you just got to stir it up. Hallelujah. Yay. Yay. All right. Write this down in your notes. Leadership is for a lifetime. Leadership is for a lifetime. I feel excited already. Leadership is for a lifetime. Leadership is for a lifetime. I got my kickboxing moves up here. My wife signed me up for kickboxing, so uh, I'm, moving, I'm dancing a little bit. All right. It's in my body, right? So watch this. Every human being was born to contribute to his generation. Hey, every human being was born to contribute to his generation. So watch this. You were born at the right time. Your generation needs what you have. The marketplace of this time needs what you have. Every generation, ah, every human being was born to contribute to his generation. Number two, every human being was born to lead. Uh, did you get that? Every human being was born to lead, not to control, not to control people, but to lead. Ooh, that, that hit y'all. They said, say that again. Every human being was born to lead, not to control. You control things and you lead people. You control your money. You control a building. You control paperwork. You control folders. But you lead people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so many of us confuse leadership with control. Uh, it's very interesting 
that Jesus was always about. Y'all got to find out what Jesus was about. Jesus was always about releasing leaders. Show me his building. Show it to me. Show it to me. But I can show you his leaders. He said, let me start with 12. Because I'm a release 12 to release the kingdom of God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So he's saying, I'm always going to release people. I want you to get this point uh, because this is critical for your future. Is this, is this rich for you? All right. Whatever you were born to do is needed for this generation. Whatever you were born to do is needed for this generation. You are, Mom Pearl, you are not a mistake. You are an, you are an appointment. I'm not a mistake. In fact, God created you before he even created the earth. That's how significant you are. He created the earth for you because you're going to rule in it. Oh, God. That's why he says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he says the heavens are mine. But the earth have I created for the children of men. I'm in the book. I'm in Psalm 115. So he rules in the invisible realm. But he created the earth for you to rule. So God is happy when he sees you in leadership. What does that mean? That means that you... You are made in his image and his likeness. So when you become all that you are supposed to become, you are like God. God is not intimidated by anything that you dream of. God is not jealous of you. In fact, he put it in you. <laughs> Why did he put it in you, Pastor Bob? The Bible says that he put it in your heart, not your physical heart. And the, 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 the concept here is that it's your center of reasoning. So he, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He's talking about your center of reasoning. So he put purpose in the heart of man. Why did he put it in your heart? So you would find it. <laughs> he put your why inside of you. He put it close to you. So it would always bother you when you settle for less. <laughs> so it would bother you when you sell yourself short. Because your why says, I feel like I should be more than this. I feel like my, my children, I feel like 
uh, uh, everything around me is greater than this. That's God in you, the, the author of all of the galaxies trying to squeeze out of you. And you boxed him into a church. And you boxed him into religion. And you boxed him into pharisaical systems. You boxed him into all of that. And he's saying, my God, I want to be free. He who the sun sets free is, is free indeed. And he's saying, I put your why in your heart, your center of reasoning, not your physical heart, your subconscious mind, so that you could find it. And you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost to reveal, to reveal who you are, to reveal your gifting, because you rule through your gifting. What, what, am I, what am I moving in? I, was, I, I tell the joke all the time. I was, I, I was reading books in my mother's womb. In my mother's womb, I was reading books. I was jumping around. I said, Lord, let me teach. Let me get out of here so I can teach. I couldn't wait to get out of that womb because I was in my mother's womb ready to teach. A couple weeks ago, my son saw me at the dining room table. He said, why are you studying, Dad? I said, I study just to study. I don't study to preach. I study to study. I study to learn. So I'm always in a cycle of learning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm always in a, a cycle of being ready because if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Because the man of God may say, I'm going somewhere. Can you speak tomorrow? And I'm going to say, yes. Why? Because I'm in a cycle. So you got to pay attention to your cycles. That's why you got to walk around the block. That's why you got to drink the alkaline water. That's why you got to pray. That's why you got to get up. That's why you got to command yourself. That's why you got to lead yourself. Because if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Ready for what? Your moments. Because this is your time. This is your time. I realize, I realize this profound revelation. Life is for the living. So you were born to lead. Now, let me say this to you. I'll give you three passages of scriptures and I'm going to jump off of this. Leadership is about becoming yourself for the benefit of others. So leadership is really about self-discovery. Leadership is not about having a title. Because I've been in some arenas where it didn't matter who had the title, I became the real leader. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I knew enough about myself and understanding who I was made me authentic, made me believable, and people said, I want to follow that. Whatever that is, it was the Holy Ghost, but whatever that is, they said, I want to follow that. Because leadership is about discovering yourself, discovering your why, discovering your vision, discovering your gifting, and you can rule, that means kingdom, you can rule and be a master through those things. Am I making sense? All right, now, here was, I want you to turn to Acts 20. There's three words that you need to receive that are going to provoke you in an incredible way. Turn to Acts 20, verse 19. Chap Acts chapter 20, verses 19 through 32. I just want to give you that quickly. This is extremely important. When you get it, say amen. Those of you that are online, please say amen. Stay with me because this is going to set your 
after tomorrow, we only have four months left in the year. Mm, 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 mm. I had tried to tell y'all, come on, get control. <laughs> oh, time waits for no man. All right, here we are. So, so the context of this is, this is a reflection upon what Paul had said to the leaders, that's us, at Ephesus. So this is what he had said I'm talking to leaders or I'm talking to, and remember this, I do not care about your title. God sees you as a leader because the first person you are in charge of leading is yourself. Lead yourself, yourself what to do. Give yourself commands. You will get up. You will live and not die. You have to give yourself commands. You will be kind. You will not be mean. You will not be angry. You will take your spouse on a date. You will mentor your children. Give yourself commands. You will walk around the block and if you, if, if you can do more than walk, you will run. You will drink water. Alkaline. You will drink water. <laughs> oh God. I will not die. But what? Now watch this. Remember that your will is cold-blooded. Your will doesn't care about your feelings. And your feelings will catch up to what you willed yourself to do. It's like when you tell yourself, I will go to work. And you in the car, drive down 76, you're still sleepy. But before you get in that office, <laughs> I'm up, I'm up, where's the coffee? Okay, that's why you need to say, I will build a business, all right, okay. Verse 19, it says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Watch this, verse 20. And how I kept back Nothing that was profitable unto you, but showed you and taught you. You better underline this. Watch this. You know if you are under good teaching, if when you do it, it profits you. I'm reading the book. I'm in the book. I'm saying what the book say. The book says, I... I held nothing back from you that would profit you. In other words, that would move you forward in the things of God. And, watch this, I not only told you, but I showed you. Some people need to be shown how to do it. I was reading a book about the miseducation of black children. It's a phenomenal book. And the gentleman had this one thesis. He said, one of the reasons as to why you see black children in the state they are in is because they've never been shown how to take control of their environment. You have to show me, Pastor Bob, how I get that building. Show me how to make the laundromat mine. 
The Bible says before you even get married, it says prepare your work and then build your house. That's Proverbs 24. He says, so, so you got to show me how to build my work, root word, work, worship. You got to show me how to create an environment or create something that I can present back to God as my worship. Show me how to take my community because everybody else is. Come on, can we talk plain? Everybody else is building. They drilling all around. And you saying, what they, I wonder what they're doing. Oh, yeah, that's that building over there. So he said, we are, we are in this state, and I'm going to give you his, the history of this. After slavery, 1865, the first thing that they built, the United States government built for black folks, were the schools. General Howard, General Fisk. They built Howard University. They built Fisk University. They were union generals. You got to read this, those are black folk. They were union generals. So they named the schools, Howard University, Fisk. So black folks became preoccupied. Y'all ain't talk, y'all ain't, y'all don't want to talk. I'm going to talk over here. Black folks became preoccupied with going to school because you never gave me my 40 acres and a mule. So the Southerners said, we will never divide the land up because the land gives them economic liberation. The land gives them freedom. The land, see, because you can be educated, just hear me when I'm saying this. You can be educated and still be a slave in a sense. God, are you? Because the other folks are saying, that's why they don't want to give you the land. So that's why they never gave you the 40 acres and the mule. They said we're not going to, we were supposed to give black folks three things when they were freed. Number one, an education. Number two, the right to vote. And number three, economic liberation. Some states, we didn't get the right to vote until 1965. That's what the 1965 Civil Rights Voting Act was about. That's what Martin Luther King was marching for. They were marching for the right to vote so that we could be a part of the political process. So here we are in 2020, and, we're, and that's why the younger generation, the millennials, are talking about, well, where's the generational wealth? Where's all these things? Because that was the last thing that we were supposed to get, and we never got it. So what do I say to you, kingdom person? I'm okay with you singing hymns. I'm okay with you worshiping, but at the end of the day, you got to build something. Uh, are you hearing? Watch this, watch this. God will back what you build. You got to build something. And watch this. You will see, you will become a real player when you start to build. You have leverage. Folks, I, folks, when, when you start to really deal in the marketplace, you will start to see, wow, some of these folks would never do business with me. Wow, you, wow, you, wait a minute. So, so what am I saying? What I'm saying is we got to start training because the kingdom is about leverage. The kingdom is about getting, your, getting, your, getting, getting a hold of something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that you can impact 
generations. So when you, why, why, why are you thinking Israel, they, they don't even let you buy the land because they believe that that land is for God. You can only lease the land. They know the power of the land. And God is not making any more land. Oh, it's one of the first, watch this, it's one of the first doorways to wealth. The land, Selah. I'm just, I'm just saying, guys. Just saying. Let me go back to the book. He says, I've showed you and I've taught you publicly. Watch this, watch this. And then he said, we went from house to house. So there was a relational connection to what we're doing. What I'm saying is the relationships are important because people will reveal more to you when you, when you meet them at their house. I'm just, all right. He says, verse 21, he says, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except that the Holy Ghost shall witness in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Watch this. But none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my purpose with joy. Now I want you to hear this right here. You have to be willing. Somebody say, be willing. You got to be willing to make a sacrifice for the call upon your life. Now, sometimes you might not know the full magnitude of the sacrifice that you make. But when you do make a sacrifice, I'm talking about the sacrifice of prayer. I'm talking about the sacrifice of fasting. I'm talking about the sacrifice of meeting with people, engaging them, the sacrifice of planning. You don't know what it is, but all of those things feed your life's purpose. And God is saying, when you do them, he will release joy. In other words, he will release to you the strength to keep going. That's why you can be 85 years old and you say, give me this mountain. Give it to me at 85 because he releases another dimension of strength. And you say, well, I'm bound to a wheelchair and I can't move. He'll bring people to you so you can mentor them. You say, well, baby, I can't move as fast or I can't do this as fast, but he'll bring people to you so that you can impart to them. What am I saying? Nobody is off the hook. He, he purpose flatlines everybody. It flatlines us. Watch this. He said, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Watch this, verse 25. And now, and now behold, I know that all among you whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Now, I want you to, be, I want you to get this right here. 
the Apostle Paul went about preaching the kingdom of God. I want you to write this word down. The kingdom of God, it governs you. The Bible says in Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart and mind. So the, king, the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy produced by the Holy Ghost. So the peace of God, when it's ruling in your heart, it's governing your life. life. In other words, Janine, his love for you stabilizes you. It keeps you steady. It keeps you, it makes you predictable. It makes you constant. So the kingdom of God is a governing power. So a lot of people are out of order because they don't have, or they have the kingdom of darkness governing their life. So they're saying wickedness is cool. Cool. Spiritual darkness is cool. All of these things are cool, but the kingdom of God governs your life. His love for you governs you. Your love for him governs you, just like your love for your spouse governs or anchors the relationship. But the, the man in the middle, God is a mediator in the midst of your marriage. So he is also governing your marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prayer governs you because prayer allows you to access heaven for the earth. So when I pray, the kingdom of God is manifesting on my children. It's manifesting on Rashida. It's manifesting on Steve. It's manifesting on my cousins. It is literally governing my home. That's why prayer is important. Your love for God governs you. That's what the kingdom of God is about. He says, he says watch this, in Romans 8, 28, he says, all things work together for good. To the, see, everybody don't love God. It don't work together for you if you, don't, if you don't love God. All things work together for good to them who love God. Let's stop right there. You can be teaching the word and never love God. You can be building churches and never love God. That's why he said, you can take all this away and I'm good because I know how to love God. When, when my father died, I loved God. I stared him in the face and we lowered him in the ground. But I was able to get up because I love God. You can get up from so many things when you love God. And that's when he says, all things shall work together for good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Melody, it's God's purpose that governs you. It's purpose that says, I'll get up at four. It's purpose that says, I'll teach tomorrow. I'll teach on Saturday. I'll teach next week. This is what I was doing before I was in my mother's womb. It's purpose that governs you. You don't work for money. You work for fulfillment. You don't work for money. You work for fulfillment to do what he called you to do. And that's why you can rise above anything. That's how you get beauty for ashes. That's how you get the oil of joy. That's how you get the oil of gladness. That's how you get it. I'm governed. That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's not a, see, Christians use catchphrases, marketing phrases. The kingdom of God is not a marketing term. It's not a marketing term. It's, it's the centrality. 
of what Jesus was about. It was so important. Watch this. The kingdom of God is so important, he told you to seek it first. He, watch this, watch this, watch this. Marcellus, he knew that, he knows that some of these teachers will get you confused. He knows that they'll teach six steps to this and five steps to this and four steps to flip backward. He knows all of that. But he says, watch this, son. I'm going to tell you what to seek first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, the governing influence. Prayer, when you're praying, you're seeking the kingdom. When you're loving your spouse, because you, do you realize that you can't even get a prayer through if you treat your spouse terribly? He ain't hearing your prayers. He, he, he don't even hear your prayers because you're out of order. He said, go fix it with her first and then I'll hear your prayers. Because you, you misaligned. Remember, marriage was his idea. So he's only backing what he, he's only backing what he designed. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So he's saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Here's number, that's number one. And his righteousness. Righteousness is not a religious term. It is a legal term. So the blood of Jesus puts you in right standing. Not by my works, but what he did puts me in righteousness. So I am the righteousness of God based off of what Jesus did. And because I learned. Watch this. Watch this. Watch, watch this. Watch this. He says, therefore, watch this. Verse 28. Take heed. Ooh. Take heed, therefore, to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost is that word, Janine, has made you overseers. Remember, he was talking to leaders. To feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own self shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw many disciples away from them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn you, Everyone, night and day, with tears. Watch this. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able. Somebody say able. Encrypted in the word of God is the ability to make you able to be built up. Let's look at the word as a seed, and I'm done after this. You ever see grass break through concrete? The word of God can break through the most difficult places in your life. If the seed of grass, if a grass seed can split concrete, you think it can't split that mindset you have? You think it can't split the shame? You think it can't split the embarrassment? You think it can't split your mistakes? It can split it and build you up. The word of God has protein in it, Janine. 
So the word of God is able, it's, 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 it's also, it's, it's grace in it. Grace is not just God giving you favor, but grace means that he's giving you the ability to become what I destined you to become. So when he gives you the grace, he says, I've already given you the ability to do it. The grace to be a teacher, the grace to be a pastor, the grace to be a prophet, the grace to be an apostle, the grace to be an artist, the grace to be a cop, the grace to be a book dealer, the grace to be a father, come on, the grace to be a husband, huh? the grace to be a daughter, somebody talk to me, the grace to sing, huh? the grace to be a speech pathologist, the grace to be a chemist, huh? the grace to be a football player, huh? the grace to be a singer, huh? the grace to be a basketball player, the grace. And the grace reconciles your history. It reconciles your past. That's what grace does. Because people will say, I remember, but grace. That's why the Bible, that's why they say amazing grace. How sweet is grace. It's grace that's able to build you up. Now watch this. Watch this. Here's the big one. And give you, watch this, God never does anything for you. He can't say that he loves you without giving you anything. So the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Now watch this, the nature of love, Pastor Bob. Love says, I got to give you. I can't say I love Janine without giving her anything. So I got to give her the perfume. I got to give her the flowers. I got to give her the best of me. I got to give her that stuff because love says I got to give you something. You just can't say you love me and leave me in this state. So the Bible says that for God so loved the world, Pastor Bob, that he what? That he gave. Now on the heels of the word, he says the word is able to give you an inheritance. Now, what do most people fight about when somebody dies? Now, the one that we worship, he died and he yet liveth, but he left an inheritance. And watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. But the inheritance cannot be claimed unless you meditate upon the word. The word of God reveals and releases. It's, 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 it's mysterious. It's, called, it's like the mystery of the word. The word of God combined with the spirit of God releases your inheritance. And you, by faith, you claim it. Just, just reach out. I claim it. I, watch this. I claim it for my children. Don't be scared. Don't worry about your neighbor. You claim it for yourself then. I claim it for my children. I love my children. I claim it for my spouse. I claim the inheritance. So when you're praying, you should be, your spirit should be ready, Pastor Bob, to claim. See, see your spirit can grab what your mind can't get. 
because your spirit knows no time. Your spirit knows no time, no space. That's why you can say, I, by his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. I'm healed. He said when an enemy comes to eat up my flesh, he shall stumble and fall. Everything that comes to eat your flesh up, he shall stumble and fall. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so you got to claim that's your inheritance. The Bible says uh, that the son of righteousness shall arise uh, with healing in his wings. Uh, that is your inheritance. Uh, you are the head uh, and not the tail. That is your inheritance. Uh, your inheritance is that as for me and my house, uh, we shall serve uh, the Lord. I don't know about you, uh, but as for me and mine, uh, we shall serve uh, the Lord. So I manifest that inheritance. Uh, the more I read the word, uh, I don't care if they were smoking weed. Uh, I don't care if they was involved in harlotry. I don't care if they went to jail. Uh, but as for me and my house, uh, we shall serve uh, the Lord. That's my inheritance. Uh, if he got a teacher in the jailhouse, I don't care if his sexuality was twisted. It shall be corrected. Uh, as for me and my house, what you inherited that's how much authority you have that's how much power you have that's why you can declare that's why they said let the weak say I'm strong let the poor say I'm rich and that's how you make it back from nothing I would that's how you make it back from broke that's how you make it back from debt that's how you make it back from grief that's how you make it back It's your inheritance. You got that job. Not because of your resume. It was your inheritance. Watch this. Even when you didn't pray for yourself, the mothers, the mothers was praying. The fathers, the old holy fathers was praying. You thought you got that by yourself. You ain't get that by yourself. You ain't get here by yourself. The word, the word, the word. That's why in Joshua 1.8, he says, he says, don't let this word depart out of your mouth. Don't let it, watch this, watch this, watch this. James says, the tongue, just point to your tongue. The tongue is a little member, but it moves ships. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the tongue that gossips. I'm not talking about the tongue that curses. I'm not talking about the tongue that'll cut you down. But I'm talking about the tongue that says, she'll live. The tongue that says, I'm healed. The tongue that says, I'm righteous. The tongue that says, I'm paid. The tongue that says, it's in my bank account. The tongue that says, my kids, all of my children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be their peace. Give me the tongue of the learn. That I might know how to speak a word in season. The tongue. Watch. As we close, watch. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Watch. Watch your tongue. Watch your tongue. James 3. The Bible says that it can start fires. So if it can start a fire in a negative way, I want you to start. Use your tongue to start a fire for your future. How you do that? How you do that? My wife is well. My husband is well. My daughter is well. It is well. 
my children shall receive full scholarships. My children, my, all of my children shall be taught of the Lord. Use your tongue. Use your tongue. Use your tongue. And I guarantee you that if you are a gossiper, if you are a murmurer, or if you are a complainer, the Holy Ghost will stop you in your tracks and say, repent. Do not use your tongue like that. Because I need you to use your tongue to release futures. Because at the heels of that word is an inheritance. Come on and bless God. Come on and bless God. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on and come on and bless God. Hallelujah! Come on, you're free. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Nobody knows what you went through. Hallelujah! Just wave, just wave. Hallelujah! We bless God. 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 Hallelujah. Woo! How many of you received the word of God? How many of you received the word of God? Just don't be ready just to run, but you got to let the word saturate. Come on. We're still in worship. I receive it. Come on. I receive it. Whoo, my God. Hallelujah. 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 I even see people that are disobedient coming back. Uh, come on, disobedient, disobedient, disobedient. We break the back of disobedience. We break it. We break it. We break it. We break it off of our children. We break it. We break it in marriages. Uh, we break it off of men. Come on, we break it. Hey, God, we untie that yoke. We untie that yoke. We untie it. Come on, and you realize you can say some things that set you free? Jesus, come on, I set myself free. I set myself free from anger. I set myself free from guilt. Come on. Free me up. 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 There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There's no shame. There's no shame. There's no shame. Oh, yes. My God. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. Ah, shame. Whatever you feel led to say, whatever you feel led to say, say it. I release my children. I release them. I release them. I release them into your plan. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose shall prevail. It shall prevail. It shall prevail over mistakes. It shall prevail. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Mm. There might be somebody here today that's saying, Lord, I want to give my life to you. Somebody out there on the stream saying, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to know that my sin can be forgiven and pardoned. And I'm telling you today that Jesus Christ can do that for you. His son died, <laughs> arose from the dead that you might have life, not your life, but God's life, and have it more abundantly.
Accepting him is the beginning of your life. When you accept him, you shall live with him here and forever. If you want to accept him today, just lift your hand. 6610. Oh God, we bless you. Anyone here this morning in the service? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on and bless God. We thank him so much. We thank him. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.